Well, hey, everybody, it's Seth. Welcome to episode 150, and I could not be more excited to drop a big announcement on you today. I am very, very excited about where we're going with the podcast, but before we get into episode 150, I just want to take a minute and say thank you for listening. We've had such fun here, so many great guests. We've learned so much together. It's been incredible. I've gotten to go to coffee with some of you, meet you in different cities when I visit, and that's been awesome to build a community around this podcast because we all really want the same things, to communicate the truth of, of, of Jesus more and more clearly to our people through the digital communication means that we have. So I've been excited about that, but here's the announcement. We're going to take a break. Uh, This is our last episode until the fall, and we're going to take a little bit of a break. And here's why we're reformatting this show. And when we come back, it's going to be a little bit different. Now we've done the interview style or conversation style of podcast, or even the ones where I just talk way back in the day before I had Megan to help me out. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do something a little different, something that is not being done. Uh, it's going to be a church communications podcast, unlike any other church communications podcast out there. Uh, we're going to focus on the story of one church and how they function, they grow, they fail, they succeed, they win, uh, they fight, they resolve, they, they come up with solutions at, uh, and we're going to do that, um, over the course of 12 episodes in, uh, in what we're calling a season, first season of this type epi- of this type of podcast. So we're going to move to an episodic type podcast, a seasonal podcast where we release 12 episodes, one at a time each week, and tell the story of this group, uh, this fictitious group that we're going to create, R- original story of, of kind of the experiences that we've seen in communications from people we talk to. Um, I could not be more excited. It's going to be either it's going to be interesting one way or the other. Uh, it's either going to be really great or it's going to fail and we'll never do it again. So we'll see what happens, but either way, we're going to be back in the fall. Meanwhile, if you want to get updates for when that's coming out or get a reminder, join my email list at sethmuse.com and get noticed when it's out. So we'll send an email out and let people know when it's coming, give links, all that good stuff. That show is staying the same. There's no change to the name or anything like that. So if you're subscribed, you're good. Just, we just needed to know like, Hey, there's a new episode, go check it out. So, um, you can listen on Apple, uh, Apple podcast. You can listen on Spotify and, uh, you can even go to the pod bean app, which is where we host our podcast. Uh, but nobody, nobody does that, but, uh, you can go to Spotify, uh, or Apple and find the seminary of hard knocks and, and subscribe there. So we're excited for this change. We're excited for what's coming next. So, uh, I really want to say thank you for sticking with us and and listening and subscribing and being part of this community. We're excited about the next step. So with that said, enjoy today's show and we'll see you soon. It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, a show all about church communications and digital ministry. Come hang out with us. Man, look, I'm gonna run my fingers through my hair so crazy and, and it goes right back into place. <laughs> it doesn't look different, not at all. The same, exactly the same. It feels maybe, different, maybe a little fluffier. I don't know, <laughs> it's not fluffy. Or, okay, I'm my hair goes forward, but I'm pushing it straight back, all the way back. I like the aggressive nature of, of your voice when you do nothing to your hair. It, it like. It's a little puffier. You're right. It's just a little puffier. It's a little fluffy, but other than that, nothing's changed. Wow. Well, it's a big day, so I got to look my best, so I'm going to get my hair fixed. Here's here's the deal. Megan, it's episode 150. 150! 
That's it, a huge anniversary. It is. It's very big. It's it's exciting. I, I'm I'm so pumped, man. A hundred and fifty episodes of over. Gosh, what year is it? Twenty twenty one. Already. Um, Already. I think when did we start? Late twenty fourteen. I think is when I started this. Maybe twenty fifteen. You are only twenty four. <laughs> quite but thank you uh You're but no welcome. yeah you, it, look, you look terrible for 35 <laughs> <laughs> well i'm moisturized that's why it's uh it's, really how, I, it's how i stay in, in my 35 range I, really I it's been crazy man i've really enjoyed this this has been a really good podcast I, I, when did you come on do you remember what episode you don't remember do you i don't know what number it was it was so, it was sometime it had to have been in 2020 like the beginning? No, it, no. It was 2019. I think it's 2019, maybe even beginning of 2019. You might have been, this might be your third year, starting your third year. You're kidding. No, I don't know. Well, we should go back and look because I, I don't remember. I will go back fun. and look. I should have looked That'd that up fun. before we even started. That's that's a big deal. So you've you've been here for a big chunk of it. Um, so thank you. Everybody yeah. loves oh, Megan. An important chunk of it. Absolutely. No, the least important. Chunk. The most important chunk. It's been, it's really okay, taken. Can we a, just stop saying chunk? Chunk. <laughs> that was the worst word ever. <laughs> it's a Goonies word. It is a Goonies word. I love that movie. Um, it, it's been a great uh, run so far. I mean, we're going to keep going. And, you know, this has been super fun to help connect with people, church communications in that world, in the, even in the pastoral world, some people listen or pastors on their church staff, you know, connecting with the, with me on the email list and on social media and just listening in and, you know, hopefully it's been helpful. I think I feel like it has. And as we learn things, we share those things with the audience. And, uh, so today I thought it might be fun to look back over some of the things that we have said our best practices that in the long run of this show are now not so much the best practice. After 150 episodes, things can tend to change a little bit. Yeah, The world's a little different. The world's a little bit different. I mean, the world's different from 20 episodes back, much less 150 episodes. So yeah, it's, it's something I thought this would be a good thing to us to talk about. Like what did we say was a best practice and do we still feel that way about it? Right. So today we are going to run through I don't know. We got eight or nine things. We'll try to run through them quick. We'll see uh, how many we can get to. Yeah. See how many we can get to. And if we run out of time, I'll just list off the rest and we'll, you guys can argue about it in the comments. But, um, I, we feel like these things were, you know, either, either they're no longer the best practice or they're, they've gotten more complicated and we have to define the best practice we previously gave with, yes, that's good, but here's where it's not. And this is where mm-hmm. you do here. So, um, Without any further ado, let's jump into our list and go with the first one. Uh, Megan, I'll let you take this one. I don't have the notes in front of me, so oh, you're going to have to tell me. <laughs> okay. It is number one, not people do not come to Facebook. It seems to watch long form video. Yes. And, and I think this was something that changed even from the beginning of the pandemic until now or the pandemonium mm-hmm. panorama. Yeah. All those words. Uh, all those words until now and the beginning of all of it, everybody was live streaming to Facebook mm-hmm. and I get it. You know, we're, we're, we're figuring it out. We're trying to figure out what works best. We have to keep in mind that Facebook is designed to keep you scrolling. Yeah. And so long form content, it's just not the platform for it. 
Right. Uh, if you'll watch your average video views, they're probably about 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's, great. It's, it's not great. And it's, but it's made and you can't, you can't like chalk that up necessarily to your content because that's what the platform's designed to do is mm-hmm. to keep you scrolling and to keep you on it and moving. Yeah. So. And, and I would say lumping in that is the live video craze that we all were like live videos where it's at. Well, for a time, yeah, it was, but that's kind of long form video, you know, and, and it's fun if you interact with people, but if you're just like showing a long video and it has the live tag, which is what many people started doing. And that's really what your live stream kind of is. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not as, it's not as great. And people were not here for it. And, and like, if you're wondering if that's true, just ask yourself, when's the last time you watched a show on Facebook watch? Right. You know, there's a whole tab for long form video on Facebook and I cannot remember the last time I even opened it. When's the last time you opened it? You know, like, I don't never, I never opened that tab. Yeah. I open the the marketplace tab all the time. Oh yeah. That's been a great feature. I love that. I love that feature. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I bought a lot of great stuff with marketplace. It's awesome. I've sold stuff like crazy and it goes fast. Oh yeah. yeah. It's so fun. It's like, I haven't even used Craigslist in years because of Facebook marketplace. I know. But Facebook is just not that place where you go and watch a long show. You're not going to sit there and watch it. You might do that with YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I think YouTube is a much better platform for that sort of thing. People will watch shows there because they're there to watch shows. But on Facebook, it's keeping up with family. And then, oh, here's a 30-minute documentary on, you know, space trolls or whatever it is you're interested in. And, like, nobody's going to sit through. Well, I'd sit through that one maybe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, oh, my gosh. But, like, people aren't there for that so well and here's a caveat to that as far as live video goes i think i think live video in facebook can be useful if it's inside of a group like a niche group and you're going live in there and it's not necessarily the live part that is useful it's the ability to replay the live part yes inside of a group that has like a specific topic and content that you're interested in yeah and the the strength of live has always been the interaction and, yeah. and if you're not creating live videos for interaction, just for consumption, then just post it as a video and move on. You know, don't waste right. all your time having to get it right the, the first time you do something. Right. Make it perfect and do it great, you know, whatever. So I think that's that's a big thing. We, we thought that would be something that was bigger than it was for Facebook, but it's really not. But we brought up live stream. So here's the second one. Let's talk about live stream for a second. Through the pandemic, everyone's trying to really figure out live streams. And I think one of the things I've observed, you've observed this. So this is kind of a anecdotal kind of observation, but I really just don't feel like that chat for a live stream on Facebook, even mm. uh, much less on your web page is, is really helpful or good or necessary or important or valuable. People don't want to talk. I just keep seeing so many staff members and volunteers and people who are trying to run these chats. It really frustrated mm-hmm. because people aren't engaging and people aren't participating and they're yeah. like people that they're asking to volunteer to host them are, aren't wanting to do it anymore because no one's responsive. At some point you just have to realize like this is not a need. Yeah. And honestly, you're fighting against hundreds of years of moms and dads telling you to be quiet while the pastor's talking. 100%. No and, one's used to talking in service. And now you're going, Hey, anybody there? And I'm like, yeah, shut up. We're trying to pay attention. You know, it's exactly. like, we're watching exactly. the sermon. Why did we ever think that this should be a thing? I know it, it, it's like, 
it had potential. And I'm sure there's going to be church churches out there. People are going to be like, ours is really active. It's really great. Well, good. That's great. But I think that for the most part, there's, it's really just not conducive to the environment for the live agreed. stream. There's always going to be an exception, but I, I, yeah. I totally agree with you. Making people, connections, get, you know, connect cards, giving all that yes. stuff's great. But yes, how's Text in for more information, but yeah, don't like ask me to put up emojis when I yeah. like a verse that you say, or I have you ever been to like a studio movie grill or one of those restaurant kind of movie theaters where they, they serve you food. No, um, we have those down here. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's, but it's not. And, and the reason it's not <laughs> is for the same kind of reason we're talking about. Like, I think if you're, if you're familiar with those, I think this is a good example. If it's not fast forward, okay. um, but, uh, <laughs> You know, in those theaters, there's the best ones where you're watching a movie, but you also can order food and they bring it to you at your seat. You have that little pop out tray to eat. And it's really great. You have a little light you can turn on to let people know the, the server know you need something. They'll come over to you. So it's not dis- disruptive. It's the most disruptive way to watch a movie. There's people walking in front of you all the time. There's people talking next to you. They're ordering during the big, big scene of the movie, you know, and they're just, they, it's ruined movie going. But I think if you're, you're looking at being a chat host, you've got to be kind of as invisible as those people try to be, but it's still going to be kind of annoying to have the pop-ups things happening in, in the, in the chat. So I think it's kind of like that. That's how I, I view it. So if you're doing a yeah. live stream chat, I mean, think about it kind of like you're a server in one of those movie theater restaurant combos where I'm here to watch this movie, but I also have this other thing going on that I could eat. I could have snacks. I could talk to somebody where it's more of a social movie. Um, it just really, I don't like it. I've started where I've gotten to where I just don't even go to those. I'm like, I'm going to go watch a movie or I'm going to go to a restaurant. I don't want to do both because it's annoying. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a great experience to me. It's, it's really not. But, and especially when they give you bar food that they, you know, heat it up in a microwave for like 28% more than it's worth, uh, to buy it. So that's not great. Uh, let's move on to number three. Let's talk about apps. Oh, the divisiveness. We are on different sides of this aisle. Yeah, we are. Um, There was a day when everyone said, you don't need an app. It's a waste of money. Just have a mobile-friendly website. I tended to agree with that. And to a degree, I do tend to agree with that still. Okay. However, I think that was more of a marketing play for for some people um, to sell their (laughs) mobile-friendly websites. And the reason for that is I've had many churches with an app that has been very successful to me. It seems like you really, when you say that, let's just get a mobile friendly website. And it's like, kind of like, I don't know that you understand what apps are for. Yeah. And, and I think there's a really a big strength to apps. And I think in this day and age with our very fractured mobile, uh, you know, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Disconnected kind of world where we're all that we're spread out that an app is actually a a, a good thing for churches. If you'll use it right. But you like a specific kind of app. You have a specific company that does really specific things that makes it really functional. Yeah. Um, I tend to use the Subsplash app and I know the the limitations of that. It's also the the least expensive that I know of. Um, If you use an app for your people, that are already committed to your church to deliver media and help them follow along for sermons with notes, help them read the Bible, help them have e- an easy place to like get signups and surveys and info 
on their phone that you, you'll actually use the notifications to communicate with them. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of things you can do with an app. Events are a big part of that. If, like yeah. event, subsplash events. There's, I've gotten to where now I just put their events in their app and use the embed code to pull over to their website and let them list from there because yeah. it's, then you're uploading events once and it's just easier and they look okay. They look pretty good. And yeah. so I think there's just a lot of strengths to an app and I, I've worked with a lot of churches with church comm team and almost all of them have the same app and some are using it well, some are not. And it's really about what do you want to do with this thing? Is, is it worth it or not? If you don't really want to mess with it, don't want to do something with the app. No, don't, don't, I still say don't get one, but I think it's time to stop hating on the apps because they, they can actually serve a pretty good purpose. That's my are opinion. you ready? Are you ready for my counter argument? Do it. So I do. I, I mean, okay. I will. I will bridge the gap a little bit, and I do agree with you that there are things that could absolutely be useful and beneficial. I just don't see apps as being something that people, most people, will use. I think only insiders, people who are really invested yeah. and bought into your church, will use it. And it's going to be. I think it's a barrier for people to have to download yet another thing. I use probably. Five apps on my phone on a regular basis yep, and no true. more. I mean, half the apps on my phone are still, still have the little cloud underneath them because I haven't used them in so long. My phone is like that. Eh, we're just going to take the off your phone and you'll just have to redownload it. Mm-hmm. So um, like there's just very little that I see apps doing that you couldn't do in an email or your website and people are willing to do both and do those way more easily yeah. than downloading an app. And that's a legitimate that's a legitimate concern for apps. And like you said, if you're not using them for the insider, there really yeah. isn't a use for them. And, yeah. and that's why I say there is a use for them. It's for your insider churches with, uh, with a little bit of income, they can, they can dispose of disposable income uh, who has that. Right. But yeah. uh, a little extra money that they can throw at that can really benefit for a discipleship tool, uh, a companion to the weekend, um, you can upload podcasts to that. And but there are so get, many so, good discipleship apps out there. There already. are, but like you said, they're not going to download all those apps. You know, like your church can write yeah. their own stuff. But you're going to ask them to download your app when version makes a really great one that they probably have. Yeah, version is a great app. And and that's, and in the app world, there's a Bible part of that Subsplash app that nobody uses because it's just not as good as version. Yeah. And if you wanted to do sermon notes, version has events or what do they call them? They call them notes. I don't remember. I don't know. You can do that but kind yes, of stuff too. They, they have uh, that in there. So there's, yeah, there's a workaround for a, lo- a lot of that stuff. It's just nice to have the embed codes for your media and for your uh, events to pull over to your website and make that really easy, uh, especially if you have a small team. I would say if you, if you want to do an app, what I would recommend is like with anything else, if you're going to do this, you need to, it needs to have an owner. Yeah. You need to allocate resources to it to mm-hmm. make it useful. Otherwise it is going to be a, it's going to be a, a time sucker mm-hmm. and it's not going to be valuable and not like, it's just, no one will use it and you'll be frustrated and you'll run yourself thin trying yeah. to create and provide something that nobody's using. Yeah. Totally it's, like agree. The, it's like what Nona says about starting a Facebook group. Don't start a Facebook group if you don't have someone to own it and, ma- and make sure you have things continually updated mm-hmm. because people are going to get in there and the momentum is going to die. And then you're going to be like, well, why isn't anyone, why isn't anyone posting things? No one's responding to my comment. That's yeah. because you're not consistent. Yeah. It's true. not a, it's not a people problem. 
It's a consistency problem Absolutely. and a leadership problem. And, and that's what we should do. If you are thinking about an app or you have one and it's, it's gone dormant, that's a serious conversation you need to have not only with yourself, but with your team, your, your leadership and go, how are we spending our money for, yeah. are we getting what we need out of this app? If you're not, then are you willing to do what it takes to get what you need out of that app? Or are you willing to make the hard decision of saying, Hey, we're just going to cancel this. So I'm not, I'm not going to say you need an app, but I'm going to say that if you have one, there are things you can do with it that are pretty great, but you need to spend the time to make it great. It's not going to do itself. You know, it's not going to app itself. And go, it's not going to app itself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, app's going to app. That's what's going to happen. Um, I was going to say too, go to go back and listen to that um, podcast interview that you did with what is his name that the Subsplash guy. Uh, his name's Manny, and Manny. he was that uh, was really good. Yeah, he 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 was from Subsplash, and I was like, we had a relationship with Subsplash from our church, and I was like, hey, come do the podcast, tell us the ins and outs because there was a lot of questions about it. So yeah. uh, we brought him on. That's one of the ones we did way back when. You have to search through the the archives. And find that one. But yeah, it was very informative. And, you know, we've talked about, I've written on apps aren't bad. Here's some things we they're good with apps because nobody was saying anything good about apps. And, you know, that's just my nature to go, oh, nobody's saying it's good. So let me find something that's good about it and see if I can be positive here. But uh, a rare position for me to look for the positive, but um, found it nonetheless. Oh, contra- the contrarian. I will contrary your contrary. <laughs> All right. So number four, uh, social media is not, maybe we didn't word this one well. It's not as important as it used to be is what we said, but really we're kind of talking about it's not important in the way it used to be. Yes. The way that Using you use social way. media is now should look different than the way that we have used it in the past. Yeah. Flesh that out. What, what do we mean? What do, you, what do you mean by that? So in the past, we're like, you need to get on social media because it's social and you need to make sure people are like talking to each other in the comments and you need to make sure that you're engaging and, and, and asking questions and people are answering your questions. And then some, some things in some ways, I think that's true. But I think with the on, with the growth of Facebook groups, that engagement piece has kind of moved into like, mm-hmm. a, like a social group versus your Facebook page. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to be commenting on your Facebook page nope. post and being like, hi, tell me more about that. Like, that's just, I think that's a rare thing that happens Mm -hmm. and it's a unrealistic expectation because people are now engaging inside of groups. They're not not engaging necessarily on pages. Right. And they're not even really engaging in groups too much unless you're really paying attention there. And and I I tell clients like for church comm team, like think of your page as your outward facing reason to do Facebook ads. It's your billboard. It's your billboard. It's the outward facing, Hey everybody, here's what our church is about. And then you get up somebody from there, get them into a group. And then it's like, that's the conversation, the engagement, the community, the connections, you know, all those types of things there. That's more inward facing for your, for your people. Now you can have outward facing groups that are based around like hobbies and stuff like that, that will attract people from the community. And that can be a way in, but really when you're thinking about content you're making, you know, tell us about your you know prayer request for your Facebook page is probably not getting the, the uh, responses that it used to. And Mm -hmm. that's partially because it's public and people don't really want to do that. But the other thing is Facebook just crushes everything that your Facebook page does. If you're set up as a business, like it's not showing that thing to anybody. Hulk smash. Unless you pay for it. 
Right. And, and, if, and so if you're thinking I'm getting organic traffic from my Facebook page, I'm using air quotes right now, organic traffic from my Facebook page, it, it's probably not happening like you think it is. And even if you're getting some traction, it might be because you have a ton of followers and you're getting a large group and you're like happy with that. Um, that's what used to happen to me. I had 8,000 people that followed our Facebook page. So I'd get like 20 people paying attention. I was like, that's a lot. Yeah. Not really next to 8,000 people. Yeah. It's pretty bad actually. And you know what else has shifted for me on a personal level? And, and I'm curious how this works. I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm curious how this works Mm -hmm. for churches as well. But I, we, we used to say, man, don't do not use social media for promotional stuff. But I follow a lot of places for their promotional stuff because I want to know like when you're going to have a sale yeah. or I want to know more about your product, like post some educational stuff about this product. I want to know yeah. how that works. The, the problem with that for church is that we don't really have anything to sell. And, and for events, it's kind of boring. Like it's, it's come to an event. It's sign right. up for a thing. It's like leave Facebook for a second and do this thing we're asking you to do. Sure. Okay. And, and they don't want to do that. But I'm thinking more along the lines of like talking about ourselves. So yeah. like sharing sermon messages, like clips of your sermon or um, talking about what happened during the weekend service, like sharing snippets of, mm-hmm. of, of the message or, you know, like the whole like t- make megaphone versus microphone thing or like, no, megaphone versus telephone thing. Yeah, you're I making. feel like the make the megaphone's, more normalized. Yeah. And I'm okay with the megaphone a little bit. Yeah, it is. And, and, and I think that it's how you do that because what I see social media to be now is how you are going to tell your story. It's going to, um, share who you are as a church and who you want them to be. Like it's, it's not something you're actually going, did I get clicks on that? It's, did I move someone towards becoming something different? It's yes, inspirational, yeah. encouraging, enga- and that's the engagement. When we yes. make posts for our clients, we look at like a whole month and I go, uh, because we use Monday and Monday is really awesome like this. Um, I can see like the percentage of encouragement posts versus the engagement, which are like questions and polls and then the events where we're asking or do stuff. We try to keep that at 20%, but I want the bulk of what we do to be that encouragement piece. Mm-hmm. That's scripture quotes, yeah. things that are shareable, things that are telling them how to in, you know, live out one of your values, testimony yeah. stories. It's like, that's really where the strength of social media lies is because mm-hmm. when you're creating a narrative about what God wants to do in their lives through your church page, through your mm-hmm. church outlets. And that's not something you can go, we had 400 likes. We had, you know, 10 people clicked and showed up to our thing when we thought well, there would be one. That's not that kind of measurable thing. And I think that makes it difficult. We've always said measure, measure, measure. Um, And I think really it's just hard to do that in the organic sense anymore. It's hard to measure the impact because how much stuff do I scroll by that? I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I don't, I I don't double click it. I don't do anything with it, but it makes an impact on me. I I was thinking too, while you were talking about that, there's a church um, that I follow that has done, live worship music in the morning, oh, 7 a.m. Yeah, every day, like Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. And I, that's, that's been really cool because like, that's like when I'm getting, getting ready in the morning and brushing my teeth, mm-hmm. I can put that on. And they're kind of like talking through a worship song a little bit and like teaching you how to worship. And that's, then they do that's this. So good. 
it's so good. And, but also my, like the thing I was thinking about was I might not do that every day. Like I might not participate in that every day, Mm -hmm. but my trust of them and my perception of their ability to lead that church spiritually is remains strong because I know that they're doing it. And, and what that is, is that's building that intangible part of what is known as a relationship. Like how do you have a relationship with a company or the organization like a church? You don't really. So, but there's elements of a relationship you can have with that organization. And one of those is trust. Mm -hmm. One of those is believability. You know, one of those is, um, you know, thinking of them because you saw them a lot when you have a problem. Oh, they do this. We should go there. You know, they have a class for that. It's knowing kind of that stuff. And that comes from, that connection that you make with that content. And I, I really wish that more pastors understood that creating content like that is part of their ministry. Yes. They, they can't Amen. gauge it all the time. They can't see the fruit of that ministry all the time. It's not always going to show up in the numbers. It's not going to show up in the numbers. You may not even, I mean, you put something out that is like an inspirational quote, or even you're like, I shot a video where I said, Hey, someone just asked me this question and I thought I'd share this answer with everyone. And it really helps somebody, but that somebody is in New York and you're in Texas. You may never know that you've impacted their life, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think, I think we would do those things more if we heard those stories more and kind of understood that's how it was. So otherwise it just feels like you're kind of shooting ministry in the darkness, you know, and just seeing what sticks, which feels like a waste of your energy. Right. Yeah. But man, it's you can you can do so much when you just view content creation as as ministry. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things we started doing with our our uh, one of our clients is in their email every week. We are doing a different kind of video teaching section with a different part uh, person on staff. And last week, the worship pastor played a song and then talked about the meaning of that song. And here's what these lyrics mean. Here's why we like this song. Here's a scripture reference for it. It's kind of taught through it so that next time That's they cool. sing it has all that meaning. Behind it has meaning behind it. Yeah. yeah. Stuff you can't do in that 90 minutes during service or however long well, your weekend messages are. That's a whole other talk. I think you could, I think people just won't, but I, I actually visited a church online that did stuff like that recently. And I was just blown away how good that was. Okay. That's a whole different, but that's a whole different conversation, we, but you're right. Should, yeah. This is easier than, than that. Yeah. So, it, yeah. and you've got so many people that can help you make it happen. So speaking of email newsletters, let's go on to the next one. Um, we've always kind of said that the email, that email was strong. It was important. Um, always been important. It's always been important. But there's been this kind of like text is better. And it is for open rates and stuff. It, it really is. You can get more people through a text. But I think in this day and age, the value of the actual email list is going even higher than it was. I always thought it was really important but I think churches are starting to understand just how valuable that email list is because you own it. You don't own Facebook. They want to shut that down. You're done. Yep. You can't, you can't reach out to any of those people anymore. Yeah. Good luck with their customer service, man. It is rented space. Yeah. Good luck with that. Have you ever tried? Somebody, yeah. Somebody told me once, like when our live stream went down and I know this happens, um, somebody on our staff at what church I was at said, Hey, can you call Facebook and find out what's going on? I'm like, yeah, let me just call those guys up. They on the publicly posted phone number that's nowhere. 
like, I don't even know where their company is located uh, other than what I've seen on the news. Like I couldn't, I, I think California, you know, I don't know. Just give them a dial. There's definitely not a phone number out there. Can you call them and see what's up? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Greetings, friend Zuckerberg. I have, I have thoughts on your recent taking down of our live stream. You know, who am I? He, he didn't care. That's so cute. So I, I just, I, I feel like your email newsletter is yours and, and that's valuable. Somebody's given you their email address, agreed to let you email them. You can email them multiple times directly. Uh, there's a, there's some power in that. I think the value though is learning how to use that list to send the right things to right people. Yeah. And I think more and more we're having to do that because people are emailed out, mm-hmm. even though it's a valuable they're, thing. They're communicated out. We're tired yeah. of, I mean, marketing, marketing literally ruins everything. So yeah, we're, we're, we're tired of the ads. We're tired of the emails. We're tired. I'm tired of the text messages too. Mm-hmm. Like I, well, for some reason I get text messages from once upon a child and wish the wish app somehow. And I don't know how to stop them. And it's so, like, I, I'm so annoyed. It's very by annoying. All of these. Um, I know that when I sign up for something, I'm like, I know this is coming. I literally will will hit submit on the form and then open my email and wait for the first email just so I can hit unsubscribe. Oh, I'm just good. sitting there waiting on it to say, I don't yeah. want to hear any more from you. I, I'm just, but I want that discount. You promised. I just want that thing. <laughs> and I want you to leave me alone. And I know how this works. You know, yeah. I have this same setup on my own website and I, I try to make it as simple and non-invasive as possible because I hate that sometimes, but people so, are just marketed out. So here's where the email changes from where we used to do it to the way that should be done now is your email needs to provide value. We can't just email for the sake of email when giving people information all the time. Or events. Yeah. We just can't. Yeah. You just can't be emailing people. Come do this. Come do that. Um, so it needs to provide value because I don't mind being marketed to if it matters to me. Yeah. In fact, I want to be marketed to. I want to know yeah, you what's, know what's gonna going to make on. my life easier and what's going to make my life better. I want to know those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so make sure that you're making things, bring adding value, making sure that the content that you're sharing is, re, is relevant. I was gonna say relative. That's not right. Relevant. Relate, relevant. That's the word relative. Relative. Words, make sure the content you're sharing is your uncle Fred. Is from uncle Fred. It's your it's uh, relevant relative. to the people that you're sharing it with. So don't blast 300 people on your email list if it's about a kids event mm-hmm. when only a hundred of them have kids. Yeah. yeah so. th- this And another thing about the email list that we need to also pay attention to is how someone gets on that list. Yeah. Um, in America, it's still legal to tell someone, Hey, we're going to put you on a list or just do it and then send them an email. And it has an opt out option. That's still legal here. In Europe and other places, they have GDPR, which is you have to say, hey, is it okay if we send you emails? And they have to check yes or you can't. Kind of like the new iPhone update. Yes. And that's is what okay I love about that. track you? Yeah. You have to ask yes, and you can turn that stuff off. Awesome update. Great update. Privacy is a huge issue going forward. And email is where you see a lot of the privacy issues. Social media is the other place where it's enormously problematic. Uh, and search, things like that. But email is one of those things where if people visit your church and give you their information because they have to, to check their child in for childcare while they go to service, that does not mean they want to have Pastor X's newsletter in their inbox next week. 
every week on a weekly basis. Yeah, and then it's like, hey, I'm going to, that is such an abuser mindset. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. That is a, hey, I'm going to do what I do and it's your job to stop me. Yep. That's a, yep. that's such an abuser mindset. And we've had that for a while and that's kind of the sleazy marketing type side of things. But churches have been very comfortable just doing that. People kind of know what's happening. So what are some, what are some healthy ways to get people on your newsletter? Well, when they fill out, when they fill out a card, just put a box that says, is it okay to email you? And if they check it, you can add them to your list. If they don't, don't do it. Um, if you want to add them to, you you could even say on that box, like I want to get emails about and specifically ask them to check things. And that helps you segment your list right away. So you can tag things up. And that way, when you send a tag uh, email, like you said, just to kids, if they check kids, they'll get it. And then they're not getting, you know, the single adults, you know, going to have a restaurant meetup or something like that coming up next Thursday. And they're like, well, we're married with three kids and I don't really care. Because right. if they, because <laughs> if you keep doing that, what they're going to learn about your email list is that there's no, it doesn't matter for them. Like there's no reason for them to open that. And then that one time you want them to open it, they're not going to because they've already been conditioned to think this isn't for me. Yeah. So it's really important you do that segmenting up front. So if you're going to do a a handwritten card, add that section that says, yes, I would like to receive emails about check all that apply and then hit hit those major segments that you've got. And then you've got good information. But if you're just throwing them in there, that's probably why your email list is a mess and you're just emailing random people and, you know, and your open rates are weird and open rates are bad. Yeah. And you're sending like women's ministry emails to the men. And, you know, stuff like that. So, which I would still say, send men's ministry stuff to the women because they'll tell the men about it. And yeah, that's fair. <laughs> men that's won't totally fair. It. It's so bad. That's such a sexist <laughs> thing, but that is the way it is. It it's happens. True. Oh, it's I hate true. that. <sighs> I would also say to add an opt-in on your website yes. to make it easier. Like you need a digital version too, a digital opt-in. Absolutely. And, and you can also put that in your app if you wanted to. No one else can see my face except for you. <laughs> it's, it's like eyes rolled completely 180 back in your head. Um, but yeah, a digital version is, is where you really should focus on getting leads. Like if you're manually entering information anyway, it's kind of, that's kind of last, that's kind of, that's so 2019 guys. So Don't be 2019. <laughs> I actually read this, uh, read a blog the other day that said something about, and this, it was just throwing the idea out there about how commonplace it was you know, to talking about lead magnets, mm-hmm. right? So like you create a lead magnet, you swap your email address for this piece of valuable material. Yes. But there was a, a company that intentionally for the year of 2020 uh, gave out lead magnets with no prerequisites, mm-hmm. just simply to be uh, to be a resource, just to provide value, no strings attached. And how like refreshing that was. And they actually saw um, a significant increase in their email list because people were like, oh, you aren't using me. You're just wanting to like add value to my life and not like, not add like, really? Okay, cool. I want to know more about you. I'll tell you two places that do. Sorry, go ahead. Let me finish that. I was just going to say, and all of the things that you use that lead magnet strategy for happened anyway. Yeah. Now, I don't know that that's like necessarily like everyone should stop asking for email addresses for things, but it's just something to think about. Well, I'll tell you two places that you can go to as a church, especially as a communicator, and find resources that are just like that. That is open.church from Life Church, 
sign up for that. Endless amounts of free resources with no strings attached. And then you've got uh, Church Marketing University. You know, sometimes you got to trade emails and stuff for them, but that's solid stuff. You're never going to hate that. But they give a lot of stuff away for free and just yeah. give it away. You know, especially their if Easter, you're in those groups. Their Easter marketing kit was free. Yeah. That shocked me. What? Yeah. yeah. Whole whole package deal. It was great. Whole package. It was the whole shebang. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next one. Um, let's talk about websites for a second. Um, parts. We used to say that your website is for the visitor. And that was the focus. And there was some pushback. I remember some friends of mine would push back on that. And they had good reason. You know, and I think today the thing that's different is that it's changed a little. It's like, yes, parts of your website are for visitors. Other parts are for your people. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of knew that, mm-hmm. but it's like, we need to give voice to that and say that that's okay. Maybe your homepage, your I'm new page, your media page. Those are real. Well, not even your media page, but like your I'm new uh, uh, COVID-19 page or your, uh, your homepage, things like that. Those are, for visitors, they should be optimized for visitors for sure. But you've got other things like your people come to your website all the time for stuff. Right. For information. For info. And they need to know where to find it. Yeah. You need events. to make it easy and it needs to be the same place. Mm-hmm. Events and media, um, resources, whatever you got. They just want to know who's, let's see a picture of staff members, find out who does what. That's really kind of a guest page though. Um, but there's, there's like different, each page has kind of its own target. And I think it would be wise for you to go through your website and say, this page is for insiders. This page is for visitors and adopt whatever language you want. Insiders, outsiders, however you want to talk about it. But I think having that target is important. So then you, it'll help define what you're trying to do on those pages. Like on a page that's designed for your people, you don't want to put one of those forms to sign up for a newsletter. Right. Or maybe you do. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you, you do. do. I was going to say, no, you probably want but that's that. But that's not, that's not where you're going to do the trade thing. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Well, and I was thinking more about like language, mm-hmm. the, like you're, you're going to have insider language. You're going to have things that make sense to you because you know what that means. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be totally fine and appropriate yeah. to put on those pages that are for your insiders. But you're going to want to break that down or use a different word. Like yeah. if you've got some funny name for your women's ministry, you're calling it. I'm not going to go there. I, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's West gay. My, our friend, our mutual friend, West gay loves to uh, make fun of student ministry names for the student. He's like, why are they all so violent? It's like, it's like earthquake or earthquake. inferno or, uh, you know, they're so violent <laughs> Moment, names. Momentum. Momentum. You know, and I was like, death was ray. The name of my youth group growing up was momentum. <laughs> was it really? I had one, I had one called vertical, but then we had like ignite. And we had, uh, I was part of one, one time it was called vertigo. What? Yeah. It was called vertigo. And I had no idea what that even was. And, and did, then it, did they, I guess. And I was Why like, Why would they nick? I don't know. Hi, I'm going to name you after this disability. This, this <laughs> insanely difficult to overcome. Does you know, brain problem? Right. Uh, that yeah. sounds like a great youth group name. <laughs> Come in here. You'll lose your mind. You know, you won't be able to stand up. It's great. So. <laughs> you'll fall over. <laughs> no. It was kind of a charismatic church though. So maybe so. Well, maybe so. Maybe, I don't know. maybe you're just delirious on the Holy spirit. I don't know. Anyway, don't use those weird funky names for visitor pages. <laughs> Cause they don't know yeah. what momentum is. Like, what is that? 
Is that a what is that thing? science demonstration of explosives? Yeah. Uh, weird. Okay. Um, so that's websites. Let's talk about, tell me about Google My Business. Oh, Google My Business. So Google My Business was kind of just a, like a thing that existed, you know, yeah. in the peripheral for a while. But now I think Google My Business is is just as important, if not more important than your website. Because really? the number one place that people go to find your website is Google. And the number one place that they're going to look at things about your business is on Google My Business. Mm-hmm not on your website. They're going to, that pops up right away. Yeah. So you need to keep that updated with, with fresh pictures, fresh information, getting reviews, like making sure people are leaving reviews for your church. Yeah. And and especially around like holiday season, it's, it's yes. really important because you're going to have holiday hours. You're going to have service times that are different. Yes. Having that be something that pops up when people search for a church in your area very important. And it's easy yeah. to change on Google My Business. It's just part of your Google suite. And even if you don't have it, you can set one up pretty pretty quick for free and, mm-hmm. and get Google My Business. So it's um, you can actually put posts of events that are they last seven days unless they are um like you can have a post that lasts seven days on, on up there, just any kind of post for a call to action type thing. But then if you have an event post, it'll last until the day of the event. So we're actually looking at doing this with one of our clients to start doing more posts on Google, my, Google, my business for them. And That's interesting. The event thing is interesting. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's different. I mean, it changes a little bit here and there. Google is always in, in a state of tweaking and changing and doing things Aren't different. They all? Aren't so, they all? Yeah. But it is good for your SEO. It is good for, you know, link backs, you know, back, backlinks, I should call them. Link backs. Link backs. <laughs> You, you, mean, those you mean backlinks? Sure. <laughs> However you want to say them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically like it helps your own websites um, credibility with Google search to have other sure. websites that are verified linked to your website. So if you're coming to your website from a verifiable good website, it's um, it actually, it's what's called white hat SEO. It actually helps your page scores with Google grow. So that when you search those keywords you've got set up and whatnot, it actually show up shows up a little higher. Page. Yeah. It's, it's a small little incremental change, but it does help. Um, <clears throat> so Google My Business, really important. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's equal to your website, but I definitely see how those are really connected more than they were. Yes. So, well, I mean, think about how often you Google something and you just look at what's available on the My Business mm-hmm. versus actually clicking that website button. Yeah. And with Google, my business, you can, you can tweak how that listing shows up a little bit too. It makes it look a little nicer. So you look more like you've got it together. Yeah. Even if you don't look look like you got it together, (laughs) even if you don't, Yes, (laughs) that's our slogan. (laughs) Cause as we know, it's all about appearances. That's what we're trying to say today. The most important thing. (laughs) Right. All right. Oh my so gosh, I have to say we're joking. That hurt, that was so gross. I like, I yeah, have to say I'm joking. We're kidding. Uh, Just I'm kidding. In case. I'm kidding. Megan wasn't, she was totally. <laughs> All right. So Google ads also important. We need to look at those for ads. We used to say Facebook ads, Facebook ads, Facebook ads, still important, right? Still important yep. to throw some money at Facebook. Still need to show up there, but man, those Google ads help you with that search. And that's where you're probably going to see more traffic. Yes. Yeah, most people are probably if they're looking for if they're looking for a church that they've never heard of or hey, what's the name of that church that's down the street that I drive by 
on my way to work every day, mm-hmm. uh, they're probably going to go to Google before they go to Facebook. Yeah, definitely. And, and if they go find you on Facebook, they're not going to probably even like your page. Yeah. It, it's like, that's so secondary to what you get when you find something on Facebook now. 100%. It's weird. So it's, it, it's like, Hey, you want a business? You want a business page? All right, here's your business page. Now go over there and be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did I do this? I was better off doing something else. Anyway, uh, I have angst with Facebook these days on how they operate. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Google it also obviously is in hot water for many things, but search is where I think your investment for, for ad dollars probably should go. Uh, because search in Google is going to point them to properties you own, which are your website or sign up for your email list or even, you know, find your actual physical location. So, um, those are the things you really should be investing money in, I think for, for advertisements first, before you start trying to get someone to come to your marriage, you know, class from on Facebook. Um, and the thing about, and the thing, the other differentiating factor between Google and Facebook is people are going to Google to look for you. Yes. And if they're on Facebook, you are looking for them. Oh, that's good. And that's a totally different situation, that's right? A good way so, to like, put their it. response factor is going to be higher on Google than it is on Facebook. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way to look at it. It's a good point to see the difference between the two. All right, last one. You ready for episode one hundred and fifty? Last I'm ready. one. Oh man, I think we kind of knew this one. Did we? I, bro, I felt like I did, but man, it is something, it is something that more and more is pronounced as a need. Uh, here it is. You need a full-time comms director on your leadership team on staff. That's some, we used to say you can kind of get, well, we churches used to say that we could get this done with part-time with volunteer. And if that's you, God bless you for doing the work of a full-time person for part-time pay or no pay because square one of communications is a, is a full-time job because no matter what size you are, you've got to do social, you've got to do emails, you've got to do your website, you've got to have, uh, you know, great graphics. You've got to do all this stuff that is square one minimum is too much for one person. Really? Yes. Yes. 100%. So yeah, I guess I, this isn't something that necessarily, has changed, but maybe it's grown in its importance, especially yeah. now that so much of what we do is online and and we're all doing so many things. And that hybrid church model adds complexity. Yeah, it does. However you look at it. And I think every most most everyone is doing some sort of hybrid church model, whether it's you just share a live stream of, of your weekend service. Mm-hmm. You're still having to manage the posting and the follow through and the technology piece. And absolutely. um, And that's powerful stuff that you're messing with. You need someone in that role that has the know-how to do it, but also has the spiritual authority to oversee it. uh, We've not done an episode about how communication structures need to understand, need a theology degree, but we, I don't know about a degree, but definitely need to pay attention, care about it, read, you know, be they need to be a spiritually mature yes because it is a spiritual job i mean like we said things that you make have discipleship quality to them when you put them out there i mean it's ministry you're doing ministry it might be an extension of what someone else is doing and hands to you but when you're interacting when you're you know creating aesthetic choices on your website i mean all of that goes into the environment 
the very same th- types of decisions. When you're that writing the captions, make. yes, captions, emails. I mean, yeah. it's going into having someone connect to the ministry or, or connect to the gospel. I can't tell you how many uh, like pastoral sessions I had over comments and DMs. Yeah. Like just pastoral moments happening mm-hmm. over D and I think even that's happening even more now than yeah. a few years ago. Well, here, here's normal. a, here's a scenario for you. You run one of those fancy Google ads and it goes to a landing page and the keywords you were talking about was marriage and someone messages you from that ad and says, our marriage is falling apart. I don't know what to do. Who's answering that message? The communication director is, or they're trying mm-hmm. to find somebody to answer that question. And mm-hmm. so what I used to have to do is say, Hey, uh, we had a guy named Brock. I was like, Brock, he's our marriage and counseling. Like, Hey, can I got this question? Can you jump in on Facebook? I made him an admin so we could go in and answer those questions. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, it's the pastor. And if the pastor doesn't want to do anything on social, it's you. Yeah. You know, what do you do? You know, yeah. how do you handle that? And, and honestly, if you're in your mid twenties, and you're either not married or newly married, you may not really be qualified to really counsel people on that kind of stuff, you know? And so you're, you're kind of in a hard position and you know that I'm not saying you you think you should, but it's, it's, you're in a hard position because it's a pastoral question that's brought in on social people in the an- anonymity of social media and in the one-on-one private nature of, of messages in social media will ask tough questions, will reveal things about them that they wouldn't in person otherwise. And they will push your buttons and and they will will say things they shouldn't. And you need to have somebody mature who knows how to respond to those, who doesn't take them personally, doesn't get defensive and has the fruit of the spirit in in their response. Yeah. And if that's really not you and you can honestly say, that's not me, I I don't have that. Then who is backing you up? Yeah, You need somebody that call your backup. But this is one of the things that like this, this position touches just about everything that's externally facing for the whole church ministry nowadays, other than being like in the service, leading worship, teaching the Bible, teaching a Bible study. I mean, those in-person things, but those people know about those things and get to those things predominantly because there's a communication director organizing all that strategy. And if you don't have that, you're really missing some serious opportunities so mm-hmm. I think I'm preaching to the choir because a lot of our, our crowd is communication directors and they're like, like yeah, yes, yeah, yes, 100%. Absolutely. But if you're a pastor, <laughs> executive pastor, man, it's it, budget season is coming up. It's time to really take a hard look at what you really want to accomplish and, and make some real money decisions on it because it does cost money. So it, it's just one, of, it's, it's a sore spot for me too, because it's one of those things that you know, we've been talking about in the communication circles for a long time that this is the importance of this role. Um, there's going to be people that say this is, that's not what that role is. They're going to see it more as like an agency. You just provide this stuff and we do the ministry, but okay, well, who's going to man the social media messenger? Who's going to man the live stream? That's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't help but wonder too, how much of our engagement issue isn't an engagement issue. It's a communication issue. What do you mean? We're frustrated, you know, if we're frustrated, if our prop, one of our problems is people aren't volunteering. Yes. Do they know where to volunteer? Do they know where the needs are? Mm-hmm. How do they, how do they raise their hand? How are you communicating the expectations? No one's going to sign up for something that they don't know what they're signing up for. Nope. Absolutely. Or that they have to go searching for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how are we honoring them with our communication? Or um, if people aren't wanting to show up to an event, how much lead time did you give that event date and date and time? How often did you talk about it? Where did you talk about it? And what way did you talk about it? Did you share a good story? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. those are the questions that the communication director deals with to make that and happen. those to ask. Yes, right. And if you're a in the pastoral world, that's probably not something you're really interested in thinking hard about most of the time. Right. I know when I was a youth pastor, I had to stay up with all the current trends. I, I remember launching our first Instagram, uh, even launching our first Facebook page and YouTube page as well. So I remember I, launching an I, I remember Instagram this. account. Yeah, I remember oh those. Oh my gosh. So I had to stay on the front end, but I remember being a youth pastor, I was doing so many other things. I wasn't thinking about this. Right. It was when I started gravitating towards this instead of the other thing that I was like, maybe I should be a communications person. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I'm more this way anyway, but I've been a pastor. I did worship leading. I was a youth pastor. I've spoken, you know, taught every week from the Bible, went to seminary. I mean, like I've been the pastor and I can tell you this was not on my radar. Well, you can't keep everything on your radar. You just can't. No, you can't do all those things. You can't. Um, it's having, an unrealistic expectation. Having this person or having a, a team. Yeah. Much like church comp team, team would be helpful for you guys. Uh, shameless plug. But uh, I really do feel like even, even if you hired us, it's helpful to have somebody there on staff that knows what's going on, that can manage the, on the ground, that to be in those meetings to help pastors understand how to communicate in the digital space well. Uh, and then they can go make the stuff happen, but helping them understand how to plan, helping them understand how to, you know, I remember, was it two years ago, Dave Adamson was talking to, he's from North Point at the time, and he was telling us about having a conversation with Andy Stanley about titling his sermon series in a way that was more conducive to search for YouTube. Right. And so he didn't want to really do that, but he said the compromise was is that he could change the titles of the videos on YouTube to something similar that worked better. And, and then have the title of the series, basically like a subtitle. He could add a subtitle, mm-hmm. uh, I think is what he said. So that type of thing of thinking about, is this searchable to, to some might just sound like, oh, God, we're thinking way too hard about this. That's kind of one of the big ways you can reach people these days. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's and those worth are things about. your communications people are going to think about that you don't have the capacity to. Yeah. And vice versa. You know, right. if you're not, really set up to be a pastor, then yeah, when you get those tough questions in, don't answer them, ask somebody else to answer them. You know, I was in a position once Mm -hmm. where I was very qualified to answer those questions, but I was not allowed to. So I always had to go to somebody. It's fine. But uh, I had to know who I needed to go to and let them know when I come to you, there's a real person here that really needs you to talk to them and needs you to talk to them today. It's just like a phone call. Right. <laughs> a message to our Facebook page is equal to a phone call. So having that understanding up front was really important. But anyway, there's a lot to unpack there. And it's one of those things I think is growing and I'm excited to see it grow. Um, churches are, are catching on to this, this need, I think, but it's definitely different than it was. You could get by with some administrative help or you hand it off to the church secretary or ask a part-timer to come in and, you know, I just really think if you're serious about communications in the digital space, you really need to seriously consider a full-time hire. 
So to wrap that up, well, that wraps up. We got through all nine and it, and That's it wasn't, awesome. wasn't ridiculously long. We did, we did pretty good. <laughs> hey, we, if we stay under an hour, I'm happy. You know, hey, it's like, listen, it's episode 150, man. Episode, episode 150. 150. Supersized, supersized yeah. episode. It's been great. I'm thank you for being on this with me. This has been really fun. It's really, I, I like where we're at now. When I was doing it by myself, I was so lonely. I'm so lonely. Mr. Lonely. It was fun to bring in all the guests, but it's fun to have somebody I can just talk to about this stuff all the time too. That kind of gets what we're doing. So this is one of the highlights of my week doing this little podcast. Me too. It's so fun. Me too. I hate when we can't, when we have to cancel it because of random things. Because of life. It's life. But yeah. Turns out life is busy. (laughs) Turns out. Who knew, right? (laughs) Crazy times. Well, thank you guys so much. If you've if you've been listening for the whole time, God bless you for being with me this entire stretch of 150 episodes. I'm looking forward to the next 150 if we can make it that long. Um, and and the only reason we wouldn't, I think, is be like podcasts would change. And yes, just, you know something like that. We I'm would, just keep doing. As long we as would as end. Could we end this with? With another things that have changed and it's podcasts. <laughs> I, I, I always dream like on the last episode, it would be like olden days when they actually would write out their last words in a book that was found later, like in Lord of the Rings, like they're coming and there's just scribble. Like he was writing up to the point he was getting killed by those orcs <laughs> coming in. You know, it was like, he, I, here they come. But instead of defending myself. I'm going, I'm going to keep to writing write my memo. They're coming in. They're stabbing me now. Now I'm dying. <laughs> Why does it have to be that dramatic? This wanna, is so dramatic. I want our website. I want our last episode to be that. I'll be like, oh, it's our last episode. We're not going to make. Yes. And yes. it's over. That's so good. That's <laughs> no so... outro music. Nothing. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. I want it. I want that. If you ever see if you ever hear that ending, you know it's over, guys. It's done. This is your clue now. Wow. Okay. Well, that was unnecessary to reveal that. <laughs> well, that's and and on that note, thanks for <laughs> listening to the Seminary Part Knox podcast. Yes, thank you. Come back later and we'll have more. See ya.